0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Forever!
1: Dog! Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, so many, dudes, every little dudes, dudes, all the
2: Dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder with
1: Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno.
2: I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm
1: Rose Cerno.
2: And this is Couldn't. couldn't. Help, but but wonder Wonder.
1: a podcast. podcast. Oh, Oh, that's your line. Holy shit. I
2: almost took it. Take it girl. Mix it up. No, no, I can't. (laughs) It's tradition. You,
1: a podcast where we talk about sex and the city and how it relates to To us. us. Hi, 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 Hi. Hello, Rosalina. Who are you this week? This week? I am Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Because I've been spending every weekend with my sister and my nephew, who's almost two, and my nephew and I just like love each other so much. And I like put him to bed, and he always wants to be in my arms. And I'm just like, my life is coming into sharp focus of like, I need a baby. Like, really? Oh, this is yes. a turn. I because know. a couple
2: episodes back, you were like, I I have a nephew. I love a nephew. Don't know if I want my own. You know
1: what? I think in some ways, you know, over the last year, I've been like, yeah, if I don't have a kid, it's fine, blah, blah, blah. And I think part of that is because I am, like, trying to, like, <sighs> because I don't want to be disappointed if it doesn't happen or something. So I'm trying to be like, no, it's cool, like, da, 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 And, like, to be fair, I say, like, so much. Who is raised in Southern California? This <sighs> fucking Barbie bot. But, ugh. <sighs> Basically, a little Jewish Barbie. Oh, God. Barbie that didn't make it to the final product. <laughs> <laughs> Misfit Barbie. Super sad Barbie. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, Yeah, I think I've been kind of just like I do really like my life and I have a good life and there's a lot of things that I'm into. And I think part of the reason why I was like, wow, this is really overwhelming is because I was comparing myself to like having to be the same kind of mom that my sister would be, which I wouldn't be able to be. I'd be my own version. But now that I'm around a baby regularly and like the love is so intense and her relationship with her husband is so nice and they have such a family, I'm just kind of like, shit, I really want that. so. I think I froze my eggs before and only got like three puny little ones. And once this pain journey is over, I think I'm going to start freezing my eggs again for the second round because I want more eggs because I don't know if I'm going to find my, my guy this year or next year. And the truth is my mom went through menopause in her early forties, like 41 or 42. And that's around the corner Mm. for me. So I would rather have some, some eggs on ice.
2: Yeah. So anyway,
1: I'm around my nephew. I absolutely love him. And he really brings out the maternal side of me and makes me excited about having my own family. So that's who I was.
2: Oh, I love that. Who are you, Jamie? Okay. You really are like a Charlotte this week. I that really, was just like a, Sometimes it's like, we'll say we're one person, but then we have like this weird sort of like reverse engineered way of how we're that person. But that was just like, you were just like, yeah, you just want a family. That's, that's Charlotte. That's how I feel. Yeah. I
1: think COVID really emphasizes that too. It's like, Uh, what actually brings you peace yes it's it's also simple
2: yeah it's like have a nice home that you feel comfortable in have people you want to be around it's like so basic yeah I just want like my little tribe my little apocalypse tribe totally I I very much relate to that gal who Um, are you this week yeah, I think I was a Miranda this week Excellent in that choice. my bullshit radar was firing on all cylinders. Wow. I had such a weird experience hmm. that I actually am surprised I didn't call you about it. It's only because I got swamped oh my God, with my new happened? job. Well, I I think I hung out with a straight up con artist, oh my and God. I've been sort of piecing it together um, over the past few days. It, it's kind of really weirded me out. But basically, I am friends with um, with uh, someone who is a celebrity, Ooh. and no, won't name names. Um, and that's not a brag. That sets up why no, this person I don't me. trust this person like around that other person. Okay. okay. So I am friends with someone who is very well known and. And um, they I think they have someone who is their friend purely because of their status, um, but not in a uh, it's so complicated to talk about. Basically, here's what happened. Yeah. What happened? So when I say that, obviously, celebrities have people who like hang on them and all this stuff. But I think this is like a long con that has gone on for probably 10 years for this, for, for my friend. And I think she thinks that this person is like her best friend. And I think this person is just a full on scam artist, um, who poses as someone very wealthy and posh, but I actually think they're broke and the way they get by in the world is using rich
1: people. How does your friend not see this? I think she might. Or um, she's she okay sort with it or of something? started to
2: ask me after I spent time with we'll call the the con artist uh, Jennifer. Ooh, we'll just sexy. for yeah. when I started spending time with Jennifer uh, I, I started noticing some weird things. And then after the Jennifer hangout, my friend brought up, you know, oh, how do you think Jennifer makes her money? And I was like, I have no idea. And she's like, yeah, a lot of people like think she's broke, but she lives in this like amazing house in the hills and, you know, wears designer clothing and like- Oh my God,
1: she's such a grifter. Always
2: constantly talking about world issues and just seems very- you know, very woke, very plugged in, very enlightened, like, you know, and then I realized, like, the way that she talks about world issues, it's not like if something comes up, she has opinions on it. She literally talks in facts, which I have realized is at first I was like, "Oh wow, she's so smart," and then I was like, "Actually, smart people don't do that. Smart they don't just like rattle will,
1: off facts. No, they, they don't. They're them. not like a
2: walking Wikipedia. Like that's not really yeah, exactly. Well, just no interpreting. Is an
1: interest. It's yes. Just, yeah.
2: There was no interpreting. It was all reciting. And I just remember being like, "This is weird. Why do I find this person who's like?" quote unquote, interesting. Like she's truly like Dose Equis, the most interesting woman in the world. Like that is the, the vibe of this <laughs> person. Hilarious. Her whole identity is wrapped up in how many wonderful experiences she's had and how many languages she speaks. And I just don't buy any of it. And the reason is because I had a very small, but very telling situation happen where we were driving to go to someone's house. And uh, it was a a friend, their friend's beach house. Okay, and we're driving to the beach house. And I was like, I was told before we left um, that we would stop at the grocery store to get lunch. Okay, Yeah. And so we get closer to the beach house and we'd been in the car for like an hour to get there. And and then I was like, are we stopping at the grocery store? And then Jennifer was like, why don't we just Postmates like we should just Postmates the grocery store because, um, then we'll get more beach time. And I was just kind of like, are we in a hurry to get to the beach house? Like I can't stop for 15 minutes to get lunch. Like I just didn't understand it, but I also didn't want to be the wrench in the plans. So I was like, you know, whatever. Um, sure. Okay. Then we get to the beach house and like, She's like not ordering and I'm, I'm hangry. I'm like, I need, I need sustenance. I can't just like not eat for a meal. Okay. So then finally she is like, okay, we can Postmates from my phone, but she doesn't have the app. She just has it like on her browser, which I thought was strange because the whole thing was her suggestion. Like, oh, let's do Postmates. I Postmates a lot, but then she clearly doesn't Postmates because she doesn't even have the app. So then she's like passing the phone around. And then it gets time to uh, pay for it. And she's like, I'll pay for it. And you guys can Venmo me. And then she goes, oh, no, my credit card isn't working. Oh, God. Um, can someone put in their credit card? And I was so worn down at this point. And I know that this sounds like an excuse and I just sound like an ignorant moron. But like, I really was so hungry that I, I was like going against my best judgment to enter my credit card into someone else's phone. So I was like, I'll do it. I put my credit card in and then... Um, And then afterwards, like it took her a while to Venmo me and everyone else had Venmoed me. And I was like, that was weird. And so I think and then she said, oh, this gets so fucking weird. Then she's like, I left my wallet and my laptop at Orlando Bloom's beach house what a lie. down the road. Not because she's friends with Orlando Bloom, but because her friend
1: is house-sitting for Orlando Bloom. Is she, Bloom. like, skinny and hot and like, 20 or something? No. Oh.
2: No. Um, was. Was those. Okay. Was at some point. So she's yeah, an aging like f- grifter. Former model. So then I was like, wait, why don't you have your why don't you have your wallet and why don't you have your laptop? Like if I left those at anyone's house, I'd be like, turn around. We have to go get them. But I just thought it was so odd that she like doesn't have a wallet Anyways, point is, I am convinced that she has no money and that is why we couldn't stop at the grocery store because she would have to swipe a card. She doesn't have a card. And I'm also convinced that the house she lives in that's so beautiful in the hills is not her house and that she's probably is. I mean, now I'm really like spiraling, but like she might be like into yachting, you know, and she might be sort of like a high level person who like basically knows. I don't know what yachting is high-level sex worker. How old is she? She's 40. Okay. But my point is, I think that she's friends... I've heard that she runs in very, very rich circles, and I'm like, if you run in circles with, like, Saudi Arabian, you know... And she's not elite. hot? How does
1: she get in these circles?
2: She's not not hot because I... Th- that Well, I mean, I, I have a theory about that, too. But I think that she's friends with such wealthy people that they're like, here, have my house. Amazing. Like, now I've, I've pieced it all together. She also made a very racist comment. And Ew. I'm like, for someone who, again, their whole identity is how much they know about the world, she said one of the most narrow-minded small-town things I've ever heard. And I was just like... I don't know. I'm just on to her and did now I'm really say weirded it out for my friend. They did. Good. We both did. We were like that's actually kind of racist. Why is your friend <laughs> like, friends with her? That's kind of weird. I th- uh, so I pieced it together because I'm like, okay, she's not super young and she, you know, she's not like, you know, she's not like the pool girl hanging out, you know, at some like dude's house. She's you know not, what I mean? She's not like a bikini girl. She's not Kate Hudson and almost famous. Exactly. So I think what she brings to the table is she makes people feel more plugged into current affairs. And in this cancel culture, I bet she makes them feel like they are um, up to date on affairs of the world. Like, I think that's the the role she plays for, for famous people, but it's
1: all an act and I'm onto her and I'm creeped out. I love it. So I'm a Miranda. Great. Well, I think that like cynical, like, don't take any shit is a wonderful quality.
2: I just, I just got so creeped out because then when my friend brought up, oh, this girl, you know, people wonder how she makes money, all this stuff. I'm just like, I I think that also my friend told me that when they first, when she first met Jennifer, Jennifer tried to like sleep at her house, like when they very first met. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I feel stressed out because then my friend brought it up to me. Like, how do you feel about her? And it makes me think that, Some people have said stuff to her, and I just have a feeling she's really like showered her with lots of nice things over the years. And it might it might not be the best situation. Also, my friend left town, and the girl immediately used her swimming pool. Okay. So, anyways, uh, yeah, uh, to to, you know, more to be determined. (sighs) Creepy, creepy. Okay. um, but this is a Sex and the City podcast, not a con artist podcast. This isn't con pod, you guys. We are talking about season four, episode 10 of Sex and the City. It's
1: called Bells of the Balls. Rose, take it away. This episode opens with everyone but Charlotte out playing pool. Steve's finished his treatment for testicular cancer, and it's time to celebrate. But Samantha makes crack after crack about having one ball left, which bums Steve out. As the man only has... One ball left. He wanders off and an old flame named Alan stops by to hit on Samantha, but she doesn't remember him. She does love that he's connected to a new hotel PR account, however. Charlotte
2: and Trey have dinner at home. They are a few months into their baby-making journey, and Charlotte is frustrated because they are not pregnant yet. She even asks her doctor about it. She
1: suggests testing Trey's sperm, which is too far for Trey. He storms out. Later at Carrie's, She and Aiden have a flirty debate about yanking on balls when the phone rings. It's Big. Aiden hands it to Carrie, and they talk over Big's new actress girlfriend being avoidant when Aiden sits in the bathroom and sulks. He doesn't love Big calling, but he would love to take Big in a fight. Aiden explains they're like warring superheroes.
0: What do superheroes have to do with it? I have no idea. It's a guy thing. All I know is that in order to deal with Big, he had to turn himself into the Green Lantern. Hornet. I don't care if he's a green bee. (laughs) I just wish there was a way for Aiden to really understand that he has nothing to worry about. Maybe I should try to get Big and him and me together. Do you have a big plate of crazy for lunch? We could all talk, and Aiden could see once and for all that I love him, and Big and I are just friends. Carrie, I, I don't know. Seriously, keeping my relationship with Big in the closet only makes things worse. These are guys. They don't talk, they fight. They can't help it. It's all that crazy testosterone. God bless it. We're having Trey's sperm tested. Is it not doing well in school? We were discussing it over dinner last night, and he just blew up. One minute, he was perfectly happy. The next minute, furious. At time of the month? It's a side of Trey I've never seen. It's about... What is it with that area? It's like a minefield.
1: Okay, I have to say, Jamie, that this is the, the first episode I've seen since watching the show again where I kind of understand why people really dislike Carrie. Oh, yeah, I had the same thought. It's getting so irrational. I just think everything about this is so incredibly rude. Like, first of all, if you are about to get frisky with your partner and your ex calls don't pick up. You don't have to get the phone. The ex that you
2: cheated on your partner with. Yeah. Like, he's not just an ex. He, he, he's like a direct affront to Aiden. He's the guy. Like, yeah. It's so loaded. It's really like... She's like, I don't get it. I don't get why he... If he just... Under- it's like, he's not going to get it, Carrie, because it's not natural. It's not, no one would do it. You wouldn't do it. If you were in this position and someone had cheated on you and then you guys got back together and he was like, oh, come on. Like, let Tracy hang out with us. What's the big deal? Tracy calls here sometimes. You'd be like, I'm sorry, it's over. It's a complete irrational
1: want for Aiden to be happy with this. I found her behavior from even just answering the phone at night and going in to talk to him, leaving leaving the current interaction you're having Putting that second to your yep. ex that you cheated—it's just honestly, this is this is an episode where I'm starting to flag the behavior that people have discussed online and in person about not yep. liking her, and it's it's just really unrelatable behavior for such a relatable character that has so many likable qualities. It almost feels like a sociopath move. Like it's so detached from empathizing with someone else. Like. Like if a friend did something like that to you, just the fact that there would be no no shred of like, I wonder if that was kind of uncool that I did that. Like there's none. Well, it's also interesting that there's not a
2: single scene where somebody, Samantha, Charlotte, Moran, any of them just say like, Carrie, like this is this is yeah, not okay. Totally. Like even in that scene, they're kind of like, are uh, you sure you want to do that? You know, it's very like, <laughs> bam, 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 bam. and you're like, yeah, you're no, right. like someone should be like, girl, what the fuck? Like, you are losing your mind if you think Aiden is ever going to feel comfortable with Big calling, hanging out with you,
1: being in your life. It's a tall order, and he's not going to get Yeah, it you're to you. right. It's like the thing that's interesting about the show is in the very best episodes, I think that last episode we did, or the one about, I think the one where Miranda's mom dies, I think that episode is like a perfect circle of funny, grounded, real, heartfelt, like, you know, it's a really hard circle to bullseye to hit every time. And this feels like an episode that's entertaining and fun, but not real. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I think you're right because it's like, they're all dealing with it in a really sitcom-y way, like, girl, spill the tea. But there's no realistic response. Like, why didn't you just not answer the phone? Like, why did you leave your boyfriend to have, like, a 45-minute therapy session with your ex? It's, what are you thinking? And she does the thing. She also does the thing where she, like, is, like, on the phone with him still, and she, like,
2: covers it. And she's like, it'll just be one more minute. I'm sorry. It's so I'm like, sorry. And I'm girl, just like, some ovaries, gross. dude. Just, like, be an why adult. Why are you so... Did, Detached is the perfect word. It is so detached. It's like, and also, you know what it is too? It's detached, but there's also not the level of shame coming out when she's talking to her friends. Like, oh, I feel fucking terrible. I'm in this situation where I'm trying to have a friendship with this dude because I am really not into him like I used to be. And I'm trying to get my current boyfriend, who I cheated on him with, To understand that, like, there's no just like, I know I'm fucking losing it, but I really don't have feelings for big anymore. And I just want Aiden to know, like, there's just no passion behind it either. Like, there's no, like, conviction for the argument. It's like very thin. It just feels like a very thin argument. Yeah,
1: I think that what I'm realizing about my relationship to the character Carrie is I do think she's starting to head into an unlikable territory. And that's okay. I still like the show. Territory. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because it's like for a lot of people, they're like, I hate her, blah, blah, blah. I don't hate her. I definitely like her less. I think that in some ways makes a more interesting character because it's more to talk about and it's really unusual. And whether it's, you know, it is kind of edgy to have a main character that not only cheats, but is kind of like self-centered and like out a little bit out of touch with people's feelings and is just kind of out there for herself in a weird way. I mean, it's she's kind of weak, but it kind of makes, even though she's unlikable, I kind of like that anyway because it's like, who among us, you know? It's like, yeah, we don't like to think that we would act this way or do things like this, but I think we've all had like really embarrassing, shitty, low-character moments. That's not totally crazy.
2: Oh, yeah. No, yeah, I I think that part, that part makes sense. The response to Yeah, and her friend's not really, I think if you just had one scene where Carrie was called. Yeah, and I think that that, uh, talking about like how Carrie was talked about in the media when this episode and this show was on the air um, and people calling her a narcissist and all this stuff. I think if if that one scene existed, it would go such a long way. If it was just someone calling her out, like, you are being a narcissist. This is wild. I have never seen you be this uh, completely out of touch with, like, what with with your boyfriend's needs and wants and your expectations of, oh, he should be fine with this and he should let you have a friendship with this person that you cheated on him with. Like, if there was just a little bit of, like, somebody of said reason. it, I think that we wouldn't hate Carrie as much because at least it would have been acknowledged. And it's it takes power away when you acknowledge
1: a flaw. Like, the flaw has less Here's power. Here's a question, Jamie, just to play armchair expert. Oh, please. It's something that we're having a hard time understanding. Just to play armchair psychologist, why do you think she's behaving this way? Like, just to theorize, like, Ugh, I was going to ask you the same
2: thing. Yeah. Um, what do I think? I think that um, she's behaving this way because she is not emotionally mature enough to realize she still has feelings for Big. And she um, is doing a have have her cake and right. eat it, too. I, by the way, I don't think it's conscious. I think point. it's completely I think it's deep down. And I think she has really convinced herself it is possible to have your ex-boyfriend friend. It sounds very cool. Like, oh, yeah, we broke up, but we're still on good terms and everything worked out. Like, I think she's just very pie in the sky about it. But it's all a very thin mask for the fact that she still does have feelings for Bing. But she's trying to like, place them into a friendship and get her feel that way and convince herself that it's only platonic when clearly it's That's a it's really more. good...
1: I think that's what a, you think? absolutely true. I was... I was gonna argue the opposite, but I actually think you're right. I... Because I think if she... I think, I think you're right on a bunch of things. I think she thinks she can have this platonic friendship and she really, really wants to make it so, but there's something missing, which is why she can't, have it because if she really like, let's play this scene out. If you really were over your ex and it really became your best friend, you'd be like, hang on big, let me put you on speaker. Me and Aiden will coach you through this. Aiden say hi. Like if you really thought that there was a world in which you were like, oh my God, ew, I would never, that was such a mistake. I'm so in love with you, but he's just the sad guy. Let's help him. Like maybe there's a version there or something. No,
2: you're right. You put him on speaker. Like I I'm friends with an ex-boyfriend and. Um, my husband is also friends with him, but when he calls, it's like I pick up the phone when I'm in the car with yeah, you just Dan. Chat. Like yeah. I don't. Yeah, and I also like he stops by with you know with his wife and his baby, and like and Dan comes out. And says, hey, like yeah. I just feel like there's yeah, there's literally nothing to hide, and yeah, your actions yeah. reflect that. Any kind of secrecy, even if it's like, oh, I think it makes you uncomfortable, so I wanted to take the call in the other room. It's like. That's all just like you're just reverse justifying whatever works for you. You're finding a way That's to, so to couch yeah, you're just trying to take all of the things um that make you sound like a good person. Um and but really all it's all self-serving. Everything she's doing is self-serving. That is
1: like really on the money, I think.
2: It's uh frustrating to watch because Aiden doesn't make it easy either. I mean, he's definitely getting a little testy but I wish he would just. He doesn't have enough
1: self-respect because he. Because that's. I mean, I want to see him be like, "Why do you think this is? Why do you think this is okay?" Like, okay, obviously, I bring them up all the time because I see them all the time. But like, my sister and brother-in-law, and again, I think they have a great relationship. It's like anyone who calls, she's just sitting there right next to him and she's talking. If I call, he's right there. It's like. There's nothing hiding. Yeah. If she went into another room, I've almost never seen her do that unless it's a work call and she needs privacy for quiet or something. But if you're in like a real, like close relationship, you only go into another room if it's like, oh my God, um, you know, there's a doctor and I really need to hear what they're saying. But like, like, yeah, you're like, is in the other room. I don't want your boyfriend to hear this or something. Yeah. It's, yes. but Otherwise, okay, well,
2: if someone just calls to say hi and like talk a little bit yeah. about their relationship, like there's no need to, exactly. I don't know. They'll, yeah, it's, just, it's so
0: uncomfortable to watch. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Okay, back into the
2: episode. So Steve and Miranda head out for a walk and more ball talk. He is very hung up on his lost testicle, and she tries to convince him it doesn't matter. He's not hearing it. However, he's already set an appointment with his doctor to go over options, and
1: he wants Miranda to come with. And Samantha has a meeting with Richard Wright, a hotelier who is balling out of control. She wants his PR account, and Richard admits he's intrigued. He does suggest she partner with a guy, however. How could a woman handle such a big job on her own? What if she gets too emotional?
0: emotional is just code for i don't want to hire a woman exactly they're that way at my firm too they think you're gonna cry over a legal brief well have you ever cried over a brief certainly but only in the privacy of my own office i cried once at the gallery once in 10 years and from that day on it was careful don't make charlotte cry i have never cried at work i fake cried to my editor when i missed a deadline I told him I was having a bad time at home, but really, I was having a good time in the Hamptons. (laughs) Well,
1: that makes the rest of us look bad.
0: Oh, boo-hoo, it was 80 degrees and sunny. A guy gets angry in a meeting, he's a pistol. A woman, she's emotional. If I'd say anything, like, I don't think that's hung high enough. They say, ooh, careful, don't make Charlotte cry. What does he think I'm going to do? Get my period and ruin his empire? Yes, men. Wait, let me rephrase that. Some men... Good move, counsel. That will look much better on the court transcripts of this dinner. Some men are threatened by strong women, and they have to find a way to make her be just a woman again. Hence, you're too emotional. Hence yet? Well, I'm going back in there, guns blazing, cool, calm, collected. I'm going to impress that arrogant motherfucker so much, he's gonna beg me to take the job. Just don't cry. Once! Once! In ten years! Well, this chicky's got a runner, I'm gonna miss my ride with Aiden, and then I'm gonna have to take mass transit to the country. Then there'll be some tears.
1: I have to say this conversation was interesting. Oh my God, Jamie on the job with you that I did with you and Dan St. Germain. I cried at work once in front of Dan. Yeah. You weren't there. I think I was just stressed about something. I think it was like the job. It was like the hardest job. It was just some stress going on. And I, I, you know, you, I think you might have been, I don't remember where you were, but I cried in front of our co-worker Dan. Yeah. And he was super nice about it. But I was honestly, I just felt so humiliated. I thought I was so unprofessional. And I went home and called my dad who like was like, you can never cry. Out uh, Which I don't agree with. But um, I just felt so awful about it. And um, I, I felt so bad. And I do think that that's a really toxic. Masculine, patriarchal like really unhelpful idea that you're not allowed to cry at work because the idea is that crying is weak or bad or yes there's something wrong with it and just any situation or in which that it goes against sh- like professionalism which' it's just it, ta- cr- it couldn't
2: be more dependent on the situation
1: and not only that like I cried in therapy today and I was like apologizing to my therapist for crying and he was like rose. Crying is so natural and so healthy. It just means you're a human being, and it's just like, yes, of course, work isn't a therapy session, but but people have, you know, you work, you have emotions. You also spend come so much up. time at
2: work. You can't possibly be like rosy sunshine all the time when exactly. we're working hours and hours of every single day. Like something's gonna, something's gonna give.
1: Well, Jill Soloway, the television writer producer who uh, created Transparent was always talking about how on set and in her world and the the work that she creates, it's like people are allowed and encouraged to be emotional. This is an emotional job. This is, you know, and I really think that the conversation that these four women are having about like the worst thing you can do is cry. And this guy thinks she might get emotional is like a really toxic way of thinking that I hope changes. I I don't think it's changed that much. I still think that if you cry now in like a m- mostly male dominated work environment, it's n- considered awkward or not even the people would be mad at you or take you less seriously, but there's a shame around it that I hope we can move past. Mm-hmm. I agree. I had a boss, a male boss cry and
2: it only endeared me to him. I, I really appreciated it. It made me feel closer to him. It made me, f- it made me feel more excited to be working on that particular project. Cause I just appreciated the vulnerability. I mean, that's some like Brene Brown shit. She always talks about vulnerability and shame and how the best leaders, you know, showcase both of those things. And there is a fearlessness that comes with being vulnerable. And I think that, um, it would be nice to like shift the paradigm to consider that when someone gets emotional at work.
1: It's also pretty insane that he was worried that she would get emotional. It's like, why would you get an emotional? It's a hotel PR account. Yeah, it was such a leap.
2: I know. Oh, that whole scene was so frustrating. However, given when this came out, I'm really glad that they did this episode. It felt very timely and it's pretty depressing that the conversations they were having are conversations I've had very recently. Um, wow. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It, it's, it's upsetting that these are things that, you know, I think they've gotten better, but they definitely haven't fully changed Gone away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you say it was kind of a leap. Cause it was, it's like in the scene, all of a sudden he's like, but what if you get emotional? It's not like she came blustering in, tearing up and talking about her dead grandmother. It really came out of nowhere. Yes. And you know, I, I, I'm having a hard time remembering men's. I've definitely had lots of sexist things said to me in work environments, but same n- nothing that reminds me of this. And I, I wonder if this is listeners, um, female identifying, you know, uh, women in the workforce, if you have any stories, share with them on Instagram, because yes, please, that. That did, that did feel like all of a sudden they're talking and he's like, er, changing it to this subject that wasn't even brought up. And let us know if that's how it was for you or if it was a, a slow build. Because as an outsider, that did feel like a really, like, left turn of a conversation. Yeah, and then it becomes
2: about the fact that she slept with Richard's architect. Did he say that in that conversation? He says in the next one, sorry. Right. But yeah. No, 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 it's okay. Yeah, but that, yeah, even that, you're like, I I I just... I like it when Samantha stands up for the way she is, and she really doesn't bend. And um, especially back then, like terms like slut shaming didn't even exist. That's like true. I don't know a single person who used that term until That's maybe true. five years ago, ten years ago max. Um, so yeah, I I really no, definitely not five years
1: ago. It's a newer term. Um, so- it's so, interesting, yeah. too, because it's like, obviously, that kind of workplace sexism is so rampant that none of the characters seem particularly surprised. And nobody's like, oh, go to H.R., cancel him, tweet about it. I it's know. just kind of like, nobody's like, what a fucking asshole. I everyone's know. like, everyone's like, yeah, that sucks. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is the
2: way of the world. I know. S- it was sort of disheartening.
1: Carrie and Aiden head
2: to his country house for a relaxing weekend when big calls again because Willow, his super famous girlfriend, broke it off with him and he feels like he can't be alone. So he's like, I need Carrie's support. And Carrie doesn't exactly say no. She invites him to the country house. Carrie breaks the news to Aiden, who handles it
1: not so well, but big is already on his way. So that is that. That is so fucking balls out bananas. Disrespectful. I mean, you know what? There's a lot of things we can say about Carrie, but we don't see her being so fucking spineless. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just like, like what? She can't say no to to big writers. Thinking it's just such a weird, ugly side of her. It's like this guy she can't say no to only likes her when she's not available. Cheated on his wife with her. You know, says he wants her, says he doesn't want her. He's not a good guy. She's with a great guy and. I mean, the fact that she can't just say, no, you can't come up here. I'm with my fucking boyfriend.
2: Yeah, I, I it also, though, if you think about it, it is the reason we love this show, because it's really Ugh. exciting to see <laughs> you're right. Someone be someone so show the side up. of themselves. And and there is, you know, as much as I was like, oh, well, it would be great to have a scene where a friend called her out on it. It is kind of exciting just to watch someone be a monster and go through it and like, go, go through the emotions, go through what it looks like, go through the selfishness. Like, you know, that is what makes her a well-rounded character as much as we're like, Oh, Carrie, why? It's like, well, we're hating it because it's, it's, it's interesting. It's we like hate it, we love it, hate it. We love it, hate it. We don't love that she's making bad choices, but we love watching bad choices be made.
1: I agree. You know, Jamie, you're bringing up a good point. It's like she's making mistake after mistake, but that's what good TV is, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't want to watch it if she was just like an angel all the time. Yeah, that's true. So Steve and Miranda do some testicle shopping. The doctor assures them that implant testicles are safe. But Miranda shuts this whole thing down when he notes that they're not fully approved. Um, hell no. Charlotte and Trey, meanwhile, get his sperm tested. It's not going great at first. The weird doctor's office is killing his vibe and Trey is worried he's having his same erection problems again. But Charlotte steps in with a copy of Juggs magazine (laughs) and gets things moving. That's so insane. And Trey's sperm is all right after all. I love how Charlotte's
2: like, She has big boobs. That was so funny. I know. Um, Showing him jugs. Anyways, uh, Samantha has another meeting with Richard. He's all but hired her when he reveals he can't. Is it because she's a woman? He says it's not that. It's because she slept with his architect. Of course, had the genders been reversed, he'd probably have a different view. She storms out and that does it. Richard is impressed with her ballsiness and he hires her the very next day.
1: It was a really awesome scene I because love that scene. she really stands up for him. And she goes, you know, if a man had slept with somebody on your on your team, you would have given me a high five. And, you know, it was such a well put. And to see, you know, when you see someone who doesn't cry, cry, like for me, it would be my dad or somebody who you just never cry, cry. Yeah. It's really jarring. I, I agree. And when Samantha cries in that elevator, my whole soul was like, oh, my God, you just never see her like that. I know. And she's like, "Oh, the cl- close the door, close the door, like trying to get the doors, to the elevator to shut. It was very, very Yeah, intense. because it's like, in general, Samantha gets what she wants, you know, yes. as a gorgeous white, straight woman of, priv- of every privilege. She doesn't have a lot of struggles. And this is like her first brush with like basically sexism or probably not her first brush, but like. This is something where the privilege meets the curb, you know?
2: Also, in a lot of ways, I think that Samantha is a very sort of classically feminine character, but I think that she identifies with think like a man, act like a man, fuck like a man, like, in an interesting way. And I think it's sort of what makes her unique. And so I think she sort of sees herself as another guy. And so when someone's like, Oh, no, you're just a pair of tits, and you're gonna cry and have your period and we can't hire you because we're nervous about that. Like, it is. I think she's just a little like, oh, like you don't see me at all. Like I, that's you know, such a good analysis. We, I'm a Jamie. two. I'm a two can play at that game kind of girl, and you're just really like missing the mark on
1: me as a person. That's such an incredible breakdown of that. I I love that. I think you're absolutely right because she's like, hey, she's created this whole identity. She's not. She's playing by her own rules. And for somebody to just like slap her right back into that, like yeah, Susie you're homemaker. Little, yeah, you're just
2: a little girl who bakes pies. You're like, oh, yeah, it's so disempowering. Hardly. Yeah. That's a
1: really, really good um, analysis. So basically, meanwhile, Big pulls up to the log cabin in the middle of the night. It's raining. He rudely honks his horn and refuses to get out of the car. Just waits for Carrie to come. She gets in and says, like, listen, you got to come inside the house. He comes inside. They have a really awkward dinner there. He's, getting completely wasted, and it's really obvious that he can't drive home at this point. It's raining, it's the middle of the night, and he's blind drunk. So Aiden generously gives him a blanket and pillow and lets him sleep in the house.
2: Ugh. Miranda and Steve have another post-ball shopping hang at her place. She still wants to console him, but he's not sure anything other than a full set of balls can. Who's going to want to sleep with a uniball bartender, Steve asks. Miranda, goddamn Hobbs that that's who. And they do. They have sex.
1: I love every every time they get together, my heart skips the beat. So it's never not over with them. It's perfect.
2: All right. Yeah. It's never, it's never fully over, is what I mean.
1: Exactly. The next morning, Big wakes up to a hell of a hangover, which Aiden is not helping. He's basically just throwing a basketball against a wall inventing. I love that. I thought that was great scene work, great busy work, great physicality. Yes.
2: What's that pounding?
0: Aiden's shooting hoops.
2: Isn't it a little early?
0: You have to go out there and make friends with him. Uh, uh, What are you talking about? We're middle-aged men. We don't make friends. We have nothing in common. You have me in common. And if you and Aiden don't become at least a little friendly, I'm not going to be able to stay in your life. Well, how do I do this? You're a guy. He's a guy. There's a ball. Figure it out.
1: I love that clip. And you know what? Now that we've had this conversation, Jamie it's really brought things to light. It's like as much as the internet or people seeing the show might be like, oh, Carrie sucks. She's a narcissist. This behavior makes the show interesting. So they, the writers serve the greater purpose, which is making a show we want to watch because getting your current boyfriend and your ex-boyfriend together to hang out is like such a juicy circumstance.
2: Yes. Also, when you think about it, you're like, I mean, the Sopranos, it's literally like Tony Soprano, like murdered people. And we're like, that <laughs> fucking guy is my hero. <laughs> and then with Carrie, she's like, you know, she has like an indiscretion and like some, you know, some moments of like slipped bad judgment. And we're like, what a narcissist whore. It's like, yeah, it's true. we just need to like go easy on women. Like we're we're flawed and we make mistakes and we act selfish and all the things just like everybody does.
1: It's true. What do you think about the go outside and play ball and make up? I thought that was kind of a funny line, actually.
2: Yeah, I did, too. I also thought, like, it is. A, I think that this is the biggest moment of clarity this whole episode, because what she says is true. Finally, she's acknowledging, like, if you can't assimilate into my life seamlessly and make friends with my boyfriend and make him feel comfortable, then you have to go. Like, it was Which actually the closest thing we've yes. seen to sanity from her.
1: Yes, Yeah. And I mean, Aiden is just, I'm not that charmed by him. I like that actor. I liked him in my big fat Greek wedding. He's very vanilla watery to me in this show. And I'm not sure why, but even though I'm not charmed by him, his behavior is really great. He's really an adult. It's like, you know, he lets the guy stay over. He's not an asshole. They have that little wrestling, but ultimately I think Aiden is an adult I would say I also
2: think this is the most fun I've seen Aiden like the little ball pulling cutesy banter in the bathroom like they were sort of you know they were bantering they were just like having a lot of fun and being sexy together and then like I don't know I just feel like we've kind of gotten I think he was very very vanilla in other episodes and this is the first time where I'm like oh Aiden's kind of funny like he kind of has like a funny
1: personality
2: yeah, I like, he's he was just like angry. a dull oaf. Yeah, me too. I like, I like seeing angry. The anger. I like Angry Aiden.
1: Me too, because it's just at least sticking up for himself. Also, I love how like in a very recent episode, she's like, I hate the woods, everything's disgusting. I scream when I see a squirrel. And now she's like fully into the cabin life. She's playing solitaire. She gets it.
2: Yeah, she gets it. No, she I think she was like <laughs> hazed in that first trip where she's like, and now
1: she's initiated. Now she's like, like part it. of the, she's part of the cabin life. I also have to bring up sometimes I love the fashion on the show, but sometimes it's so cheap and slutty. Like the fact that her like go-to cabin wear is a see-through white. Oh my God. I Ribbed tank top and a black bra. Gross. It's so trashy. I love, trashy. It. I love it's it. so trashy. You know,
2: you know, my favorite look from the show is when we can see <laughs> Carrie's bra through her sort of translucent top. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: Take us out, girl.
2: OK, so to close things out, Big and Aiden finally have it out. Their basketball game quickly turns into mud wrestling. They start pummeling each other, fighting, clawing. So funny. Which Pete, Aiden's dog, puts it into because he bites Big on the ass. And after Aiden and Big are basically fine with each other, the tension's gone and they both agree the real villain is Willow, Big's ex. They like have a really cute moment where Big is like, she can reach me, but I can't get her and then Aiden's really cute he's like that's fucked up and then it is I love the end of
1: that scene <laughs> I thought it was too. so funny I
2: loved it I love I it.
1: loved it I also thought it was really interesting that throughout the entire episode Carrie never said that's the only reason you like her is that she's not available this is how you are she is you yeah totally that's interesting
2: okay so now we're at the question of the episode
0: I spent the afternoon thinking about my friends. Body image depression, unpredictable mood swings, late-night phone calls obsessing about a relationship. Did I mention these are my male friends? So, maybe men and women aren't from different planets, as pop culture would have us believe. Maybe we live a lot closer to each other, perhaps, dare I even say it, in the same zip code. In view of current circumstances, I couldn't help but wonder, are men just women with balls?
2: The answer is 100% yes. And it's really refreshing. I mean, she's she's not saying it in in using the terms that we have now, but like she is basically calling out the whole notion of gender being a drag. That's true. Yes. And uh, it's very, it, you know, she did it in her own way. And, you know, this what's probably aired in like 2000. Yeah. I'm early assuming. 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate that whole question. I thought it was also like really well-written.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you and I have nothing to add.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, well, that brings us to our last segment, which is I'm horny for. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now?
1: Okay, well, I'm bringing two things up that are um, sort of tangentially related to politics, but not because I feel like I have to. I just do think this is interesting. I think some, I think it's an interesting time. Like I talked about this on my Instagram about how like white people aren't sure if they're like posting too much about life, black lives matter and not enough. Or like, when are we allowed to talk about other things or how long are we, you know, I think a lot of white people, myself included are like trying to find our way through this that feels supportive and not Performative, or you know what I'm saying? Sure. And what I'm saying is, I'm about to recommend two things that have to do with black culture, but it feels very authentic to me because these are two things I'm genuinely really excited about. So one of them is that in the fucking 18 year history of The Bachelor, we are finally getting our first black bachelor. Oh, fucking finally. And he's handsome and he's cool and he's long. I mean, honestly, it's so pathetic. And embarrassing. I mean, it's so disgusting. It took Eighteen years. And it's such a popular show. Like that's just so. God, it's I embarrassing. Mean. And also, the only reason what, is because d- I mean, ugh,
2: well, anyway, because sorry,
1: fans flooded them, flooded them. Everybody, it's like a fan base movement. And then I love how ABC's like we really care about diversity, and so because of that, it's like, no, it's not Please. because of that. It's because the fans have pushed, and you would look psychotic if you didn't. Yeah, so acknowledge it. Yeah, but Just anyway... Say, you should say we fucked up. Exactly. Say we fucked up, and we're but changing it is, going forward. the point is, this is a show that I really enjoy watching, and I hate the fact that it's like a very racist, white type of show. Every girl is like from a racist, conservative Southern family. They always yeah. have like every bachelorette you just know would never in a million years choose a guy of color and the guys never choose the girls of color it's a very white show in a really toxic way and i'm so excited to watch it and i think it's going to be really fun and like a really positive turn so that's awesome and then my second horny for is um is the documentary 13th and here's the thing you guys i don't watch i don't watch tragedy porn i don't watch torture porn i don't watch anything that's like hysterically sad. I've never seen, um, I've never seen Boys Don't Cry. I've never seen 12 Years a Slave. If I know I'm going to, I don't see movies where it's like, oh, you get to know this character who's really lovely and then they just get like raped and killed. So I don't watch a lot of really sad stuff. So I didn't watch 13th for a while because I was like, Jesus Christ, with everything else going on, I don't know if I could handle it. But last night, I was like, you know what? Everyone says I should watch it. I'll watch it. I was riveted. I loved it. And it's not tragedy porn. Like it's, it's almost like a really interesting history documentary. It's riveting. Every single point is mind blowing. If you're interested in politics, even from an intellectual standpoint, it is just like, it will blow your mind. The last five minutes of the movie, I couldn't watch. Um, and if you're as sensitive as I am, you might not be able to watch it, but the rest of it is completely watchable. And I wouldn't avoid it because you think it will spiral you out. It's, it's really, it's really empowering to have the knowledge. And, um, you know, it's not happy. It's really intense. It's about basically the fact that the prison system is modern slavery. And, uh, it's a lot of stuff I've learned in bits and pieces, but having it all put together is riveting. I really think if you like documentaries, if you like growing your brain, like, I think it's a must watch. So that's mine. I've I've only heard incredible things. I really also want people to watch it so we can talk about it because it's so interesting. There's so much to say. Like, it definitely sparks a lot of discussions. Um, Jay Molina's, what are your, and I don't want to put pressure, like you have to do like a Black Lives Matter type of thing. Those were just... Oh,
2: yeah, mine is... uh... Yeah, I I am well. I am recommending another series, um, but Ooh. no, minus minus not political. Although Good. it is really uplifting. Want everything. It's very uplifting and very interesting. Um, I'm obsessed with this doc series on Netflix called Lennox Hill. Um, it is basically, it's basically like. Um, a medical procedural, but it's it's real life. It's a reality show, um, but it's just very tastefully done and it follows a few different departments at Lenox Hill Hospital in New York City. It follows the neurosurgery unit and wow, then um, the OBGYN uh, what? baby delivery unit. TV? Yeah, and then the ER as well. So it's kind of in three wow, different parts James. and they follow these three different storylines. And the neurosurgery part in particular is you know we're living in a time where like um we are you know really valuing and understanding the value of our healthcare workers wow. and when you watch this show i mean they're just heroes like these guys they're just genius heroes and it's fascinating to watch. Um, they, I, I always thought I was very squeamish, and I was like, I was like, oh, I'd love to be a doctor, but I truly could never like do surgery. Like I would just like barf into the patient's brain. But um, <laughs> Wait, Jamie barf into the patient's I would. brain. They'd just be on the operating table, and I would just, I would just hurl hard right into there. But it's just true. I would, and um, the way that this is shot. You're like, I don't know. It's like so beautifully done that when I'm watching the surgeries, there's almost like an art to it. And they really captured that. It doesn't just feel it doesn't feel like gore. Um, you know, there are some moments where I'm like, oh, God, I can't. I just can't. But um, for the most part, I watch it and I learned a lot. And it's just so well done. Like the music is really good. It's not corny. Everyone feels like a fleshed out, like fully three-dimensional person. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. And it's a very it's very diverse. You know, they follow a lot of different families and um doctors of different ethnicities. And yeah, it's just like very, very well done. Um Girl, I think you starts just gave a lot me of conversations. Truly I I was obsessed. Like I you devoured can't it. I can't um, wait. So yeah, I loved it. Uh so that's that. Okay. Well, I love you, friend. I love you so much. And, and uh thank you, we love you guys. for listening. Yeah. Oh,
1: also, listeners, we've gotten we've gotten some really nice Instagram messages lately that are really sweet. And not to be like, you know, uh not to ask more of you guys, but uh one very nice thing you can do in addition to messaging us directly and telling us how much you love the show, which we truly brings us so much joy. But, um, like it, subscribe and leave a comment on iTunes. It makes a really big difference in our podcast and we want to keep doing this for a long time and we want to grow our followers and listeners. So, you know, I know it's kind of sounds like a hassle, but if you could do it, it would, it would be really awesome.
2: Okay. And with that said, good night and good morrow. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help But Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CHBWpod. And follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye.
0: Forever. <laughs> This has been a Forever Dog production.